0: Hello sports fans and welcome to another episode of Just Sports. Really excited for this episode as we are going to be doing the NBA trade deadline breakdown. I'm going to be going through all 32 NBA teams and we are going to start with the Eastern Conference. So we're going to go through this as of the standings as when I was doing my research and looking up things. And so the very first team we're going to have is the Boston Celtics and so I think with the Boston Celtics, uh, they need to add a reliable backup, younger big, or a three-position ball handler defender. And what I mean by that is somebody who is a person that can basically th- defend like three different body types, you know, somebody quick, somebody kind of in the mid-range, athletic, and then uh, a little bit of a bigger guy if possible. And so, I, again, the Celtics don't necessarily need somebody, but I think that would be best if they got somebody either – a backup younger big or a three position guy. And just to solidify that. So like when they have their starters off in those areas that they just won't suffer as much um, in the minutes and the paint and the turnovers and all that kind of thing. So I really think that's about the only thing the Celtics need They're They're staying on top. They're rolling good. And, Uh, They just don't need to give up a lot of assets for that as well. They could be a candidate on the buyout market as well. So we'll see how that goes. Our next team, Milwaukee Bucks. So Bucks fans, you absolutely need to have a backup guard that can defend the one and two spot. Defense is a problem right now. You got Damian Lillard, who's an offensive juggernaut, and uh, Cameron Payne, who's kind of supposed to be that, but you really don't have anybody behind those guys or even behind Dame that can play defense and stop somebody, especially when the bucks pull off some offensive guys. And then it's kind of like, okay, what are we going to do now? We need to stop the other team. So they need to find somebody like Delon Wright, Probably would be one of the best targets at a cheaper price. Uh, they will likely have to, or somebody like Javon Carter, even they will likely have to let some combination of a second round pick uh, Bobby Portis, Cameron Payne, or Pat Connaughton go as well. I don't think that's too much to ask if it's Cameron Payne or Pat Connaughton along with a second-round pick. If they can get something like that done, I would probably pull that trigger. They don't need as much offense as they have been doing. Uh, They need to really shut some other teams down, and they're going to be going up against guards like Jalen Brunson and uh, Tyrese Halliburton who are going to tear them apart if they don't find somebody that can play defense. Uh, speaking of Jalen Brunson and the Knicks, our next team here, they should go after Donovan Mitchell. I don't know how much available he is, but if I'm the Knicks, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pursue hard on him. Uh, I would think somebody like even Levine, you know, take pressure off of Brunson from scoring. But to me, or even to Murray, and we're going to hear his name a lot throughout this, but I think those guys would be a good fit. If the asking price isn't too much, again, the Knicks don't have to go out there and feel like they need to spend all their picks and assets and players and all that. But they do need to try to get something done. Um, Otherwise, the best ones to go at probably Malcolm Brogdon, Jordan Clarkson. That could provide some backup point guard along with some scoring and still give them the ball handling they need as well. So I do think the Knicks are one of the teams that should be trying to make a move during this time. I think it's prudent. I think they should do it. They should put them up at to the top. There's a lot of people right now saying that they could potentially be the really good contenders and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't think so. I don't think so yet. They've they've got to get Randall back and they gotta get some other things going. I think they need some playoff experience, but but if they can make a big move, then yes, they might very well. Now next team is Cleveland Cavaliers, and seems like everyone is talking about backup point guard with them as well. And I think that's fair, but but if Cleveland wants to make a big move, why not try for a better three-position player? I mean, right now, you got Max Strews and Isaac Okoro. I don't know if that's going to be good enough. I know Max Struess has had playoff experience. Isaac Okoro is your kind of young guy. But, you know, when Siakam was out there, it was kind of like, to me, it was kind of like, why not go after somebody like Siakam? Or Kuzma's still out there. Why not go after a guy like Kuzma? Make that move. You're right in the competitive area of that number four spot. Why not make that move and go after that bigger star type player? Get it done. Push this thing. Otherwise, uh, they could go after a backup big who could space the floor better. Somebody like Laurie Markkinen probably, um, you know, help keep that open. So, I you know, Knicks and Cavaliers to me are teams that, that should be trying to make an elite move here. And they really should try to get that done. Now, Speaking of teams that are now probably going to have to make a move is Philadelphia 76ers. I think now that they've had the Embiid injury, and I don't think we know exactly what the timeline is for that, but they got to be prepared that he's going to be out for a little while. Uh, They're already in need of a bit more scoring defense and playmaking. And if Embiid's going to be out for a period of time, They're definitely going to need more scoring, more defense, and more playmaking. Uh, Somebody like Bruce Brown, Kyle Kuzma, Jeremy Grant, I think all those guys, you know, I don't know if they have the assets to make that kind of move. If they could find sort of a poor man's player on that, uh, I don't have one off the top of my head that may be available. Um, I mean, even DeMar Rosen, somebody like that could, you know, I don't know what his cost might be, but. They got to find somebody, I think, to sort of carry that load, especially while Embiid is out. And even when Embiid comes back, you kind of have to question how healthy he's he going to be. So, you know, maybe it behooves you to go ahead and bring, bring, take some assets and bring somebody in like that that can carry the load a bit. And if he gets hurt, you still carry the load a bit. But they're going to have to decide something. They're either going to be okay with the roster they have, or they're going to make a push for, to get somebody. And speaking of making pushes, the Indiana Pacers, I feel like are a team that could really make a push, but Oh my God, can we get some defense on this team? Seriously? Like, I don't care where it's at, get some defense overall. They don't really need to do anything. They did make their big trade getting Siakam and he should help a little bit defensively with things. But I still think they could use somebody else. If they could make a move for Deontay Murray, you know, a Malcolm Brogdon. If they could make a move for, you know, on the on the lower end like javon Carter, they need something somewhere to give them some better defense. And if the guy can come along with some three point shooting, that would help as well too. But I kind of feel like Pacers should make another move to improve that that defense, probably in the one through three positions uh, to help cover up some guards. And then we have, that brings us to the Miami Heat, and they're another team like the Pacers where they already made their trade getting getting Terry Rozier, so there's probably really nothing they can do or will do after that as they don't really have a whole lot of assets, but if they can find a backup big for, say, their other uh, second-round pick that they have or on the buyout market, then I think It wouldn't be surprising if they make that kind of move, but they're most likely done. They're going to have to roll with what they got for the most part, but you never know with the Heat. Sometimes they find ways to make a little bit of a move, so we'll see there. Uh, Here's a team that's also really exciting, the Orlando Magic. Uh, I would think that Malcolm Brogdon would make sense here if they are looking to move faults. And before I go too much further into Magic, I want to say, like, this is a team that's not getting a whole lot of recognition because they're in a smaller market in Orlando. But if you're an NBA fan and you're a basketball fan, you really should pay attention a lot to the magic because of a lot of players they have, Pablo Benchero and, um, you know, some of the other other guys that are just coming up along here. And this team's been growing and getting better. And, you know, it's just a matter of adding to it carefully and building it. And I think somebody like Brogdon, even though he's 31 would make sense because at this point, I think you need a reliable veteran to come in and have some leadership and have some continuity and, and uh, you know, make sense of things on the floor and be able to get guys in better positions and all that kind of thing. Plus a guy like Brogdon who also shoots a uh, three point percentage at 41% will help. Uh, the magic are not really efficient or good at shooting the three. So, you know, that would help probably another three and D guy, would help as well. So I'm kind of looking for the magic to make a move. I think they still have some assets, so they may not, they may sit pat and just worry about that in the off season and continue to get better. But, uh, they're a team to me that could make a move. And if they made a move, they could probably jump the heat or even jump the Pacers, depending on if, or if they make moves or not, uh, maybe even jump to 76ers if, if, you know, depending on the beads injury, but, then we move on to the Chicago Bulls. And this is this is the first team in the East, to me, that's just a complete mess. I mean, Bulls fans, what are they doing? What do you guys want them to do? Because, uh, to me, you got expiring contracts like DeMar Rosen, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso. But yet, you guys always seem to sit there and, and stay on these guys, stay on these guys. And it's not getting you anywhere. And why not, at the peak of these guys' performances, go ahead and move off? and get major assets and, and get good players and things like that and start to rebuild what you are. Um, but the bulls are really hard to read and maybe may move only one of these guys and yet try to stay competitive like they've been doing. It's hard to say, but they should just be in rebuild mode. They should just do what the Raptors have done, which we'll get to in a minute and just start it, start, start the process. I don't see the bulls being competitive this year. I, I, you know they might win a playing game, maybe, um, but I don't see them moving more further than that. So what's the point? Let's Just tear it down. The Atlanta Hawks are a team kind of in disarray here as well too. They need to move older pieces, get a different younger core around Trey Young. Oh wait a minute, have we heard this before? <laughs> like, and this what the Hawks seemingly do. Um, is this like the second or third time they've done this? But anyway, I think if that's what they're gonna do, then. You know, go out there and get guys like Trey Mann, Wendell Carter Jr., you know, younger guys who might need to change the scenery. That would make sense. Maybe they would work better with Trey Young. But honestly, if you're going to do this again, like if they do these trades and they do that, or even if they do this in the off season and you do it again, you go another two years, it doesn't work. I mean, you seriously got to start thinking of moving Trey Young. And that's another topic for another day, but – You know, right now, this this trade deadline is if we're going to move things around Trey Young, then this has to be the last time you're doing it. So we'll see where that gets them. Now, a team that's sort of already done this kind of stuff is the Brooklyn Nets, where they moved off all of their star players, you know, uh, last couple years and have rebuilt their team. But now they're kind of in a position where they need to decide if they want to contend. And if they do. Then they need to have a solid point guard who's good with assists and creating past assists as well as running an offense and keeping guys under control and and making sure that things are flowing well. You know, again, Deontay Murray, Tyrus Jones, Malcolm Brogdon, they would all be good, I think, targets to get. Uh, They're a good solid team, but they need a superstar or even just a star. Uh, It can't and won't be Simmons going forward. I mean, that ship has sailed. Not to say that Simmons isn't a good player, but it's just he's a great player or a good player when he's on the floor. But when is he on the floor? I mean, come on. You know, you can't keep sitting here and thinking Simmons is going to be your future going forward. And he may be an asset that needs to be moved in the offseason as well, too, depending on what all they decide to do. But that's going to be an interesting team to watch. If they do make any move in the offseason, that's going to really tell us what they're thinking and what they're trying to do. The Toronto Raptors, as we talked about when we were talking a little bit about the Hawks, is, you know, they've already decided to go younger, pick up assets and potential younger fits around Scotty Barnes. That makes a ton of sense. They had tried this kind of thing, kind of like what the Bulls have been trying to do. And they said, you know, this ain't work anymore. And we're gonna lose these guys for nothing. And that's any smart GM goes, you know, I you have fan favorites and you have these guys that did a lot for you, but at some point it's not working more, you know, in, unless you got a future Hall of Famer, you got to move on. And so they're doing that. And uh, it's just a matter of do they want to use any of their assets now to start accumulating younger talent like a Zach Levine? I mean, he might be a target if that's what they want to do. But even just picking up assets for the Raptors would be fine for now. Picking up talent will be the off-season focus, I think. So we'll pick up draft picks and – Whatnot, and then uh, I think worry more about what's out there in the offseason and then the, dra- or the draft and offseason and all that. And Raptors were re rebuild. You guys got a good GM, and I think they'll be back to being a competitive playoff team in no time. Uh, now, a team that, who knows, Charlotte Hornets, they just need to go draft capital, the best player available in draft that fits in well with um, – Lonzo Ball, Mark Williams, and Miller, and anything else—Hayward, Ish Smith, any older players—just sell, 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 sell. Build up draft capital, and then based off those three players, figure out what you're going to be. Who's going to be coaching the team? Um, all that, and just make it the best you can. You're the Hornets—you're you're going to be probably in a rebuild mode for the next two years and everything needs to be geared towards the three players, those three core players. And I think if they can do that, they'll get back to something. Washington wizards. Uh, this team's a complete mess. Uh, a little bit like the Hornets and where the Raptors were uh, a couple years ago. Uh, they need to sell off guys like Kyle Kuzma, Tyrus Jones acquired as many draft assets as possible. Uh, I think they should even look at turning two or four, two to four players. By that, I mean a group of two to four into getting back a younger upside player. I uh, don't have particularly one in mind, maybe like a Wendell Carter Jr., uh, you know, somebody who's young in that like 23 to 25-year-old mode. I mean, it could even be somebody like Zach Levine. signing him for a longer-term deal and start building a team around uh, Baldwin Jr., Amjita, Johnny Davis, Kulibbe, I'm not even sure that Baldwin Jr., Johnny Davis, or Krulibay could even be a star or superstar. But I think you got to look at that group if you're the Wizards, and you got to say, okay, you know, we've been drafting these guys; it's time to just build around these guys. You know, forget the older guys; they need to go out get back some assets for that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what this, if the Wizards decide to make any move in the trade deadline. I think they probably should, but you know, who knows. And Detroit Pistons, this team, bottom of the team, our last team in the Eastern Conference. And there's, there should be a lot of excitement despite them having a bad record this year because they've been drafting a lot of good people. Uh, Suggs, I believe, Cade Cunningham. Um, I know they have a big guy whose name's escaped me at the moment. But, you know, I think there's a lot of people saying that this would trade, people trade, you know, trade Bojan Boganovic and Alec Burke for picks. And I think that should be the B plan in a way. Uh, I think they should try to move some of their older players to get another young, talented player if they can. And then, if for some reason they, that can't happen, then yes, go ahead and get the draft assets. Uh, but if they could get, like, not an older player, not 32 plus type player necessarily, but if they could get more in that, like, 25 to. 30, 31 age where somebody could play for them for three to four years and be a star player, I I would say do that if I was the Pistons because you got a lot of young talent and you also had a coach who came off of coaching a lot of veteran type talent. I think you might need a tie in there, a player tie in, which would really help. Uh, I think also the Pistons got to ask themselves, was signing Monty Williams that big of a deal, the right coach for this team, but that can be, I can go one more year and then figure that out. Um, but I would bring in, you know, somebody maybe like an Andrew Wiggins, who might need a change of scenery and be able to, to you know, start grabbing being a veteran presence and uh, look at doing that if you're the Pistons for next year. So we'll see. But that's the Eastern Conference. So now we have the Western Conference and we start off with the Western Conference with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Timberwolves again, you know, much like the Celtics don't need a whole lot, um, and don't need to be shipping out a ton of assets to get something back, but backup point guard who can direct offense would be a plus, uh, Tyrus Jones would be good here, Brogdon would be another, they could also potentially look at maybe just doing a backup big, uh, Robert Covington, Wendell Moore Jr. might make sense there as well too, but, you know, Timberwolves need to be careful not to give it too much. Uh, If they can, might be a team for the buyout market as well too. Uh, But that would help them, I think, to solidify being a complete championship type team. Our next team has been probably more of an exciting and and uh, unexpected for being in the number two spot, Oklahoma City Thunder, and technically they got nothing to do. I mean, they've been drafting really well. They've pretty much got a lot of players that you know, are in good positions, giddy and Homegren and several other players, you know, egregious Alexander, all these guys just come up through the years and have done really well. The one thing I think they're really missing though. And if they really want to contain, especially since they're in their number two spot right now is they could use a veteran playoff experience player. So somebody like Kelly O'Linnick, Royce O'Neal. Uh, I know I'm forgetting some other guys here, but, you know, maybe even like a Drummond, uh, somebody like that, you know, somebody that's a productive veteran bench player with playoff experience. I think that's the one thing they need because you got to have those guys. And it's just something about that effect that they've been there. They've done that. They know the grind of it. They have seen other teams maybe even beat them. And it it just is a different mentality. And you got to be able to get that in there through them. I won't say it's a mistake if the Thunder do not do that. Um, But I feel like if you can do that now and you still lose no playoffs, you have that veteran. And again, that's like, now you go into off season, that veterans probably been there. has had that happen Can let them know that's a learning experience and how, how to get through that, what the next steps are they need to grind to do. And it just makes a difference, I think, and keep that veteran around for two, three years I think it'll make a huge difference for the Thunder. So it'd be interesting to see if they pull that off in this trade deadline. Now we can move to the Los Angeles Clippers. Pretty good overall. They can use some rebounding size and depth, but at what cost? I don't think they have a lot of assets to move. So they could be one of these buyout, uh, looking at the buyout type teams or buyout type players. Uh, Probably best if, um, you know, their rebounding size depth that they need would be a young guy with tons of energy. Or do an experienced bat with good playoff experience to help the mentality of Paul George and, um, you know, Quentin Leonard and um, James Harden and those guys to not have to be the three, always providing the playoff mentality, uh, you know, especially for when you got like the second unit on the floor kind of deal. So I think that's probably the one thing that could, could help them. So somebody like a, a Dorian Finley-Smith, uh, for instance, would be, would be helpful. And then you have the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they also need a rebounder and defender when Joe gets off the floor. It's probably the one problem they have is when he goes off the floor, You know, teams seem to attack in the middle. And also, uh, you know, you lose all that scoring and stuff. I don't think the scoring is as big of a deal. Uh, but you definitely need a rebounder and defender. Uh, so somebody like Andre Drummond, Daniel Gafford, Jacob Patel, I think any of those type of guys would be a fit. Any other big that, as playoff experience that they could get their hands on would be good. Excuse me for that. Uh, And then we move to the Sacramento Kings. Now Sacramento Kings need um, a a ball control point guard. You know, somebody kind of again, run the offense and maybe even playmaking and scoring as well. You know, here we bring up Malcolm Brogdon's name, Tyus Jones, Zach Levine. I think they'd all be great fits. Um, Kings kind of have to be careful. I don't think they need to send off a ton of assets to make a move, but they're also a team that really should make a move. So they're going to be in a tricky spot. Um, But again, you're, you're competing against, you know, the, the wolves, the thunder, the Clippers and nuggets all in front of you. So you're sitting at that kind of dangerous five to six spot where you could easily get knocked down. Uh, But if they were to make a, a bigger move and bring in a guy like that, I think they could solidify themselves at least in their spot. I don't know if they get beyond that. The teams above them are, are are pretty well set. So but you don't want if you're the Kings, you really don't want the Suns and the Pelicans get in front of you and they shouldn't because of their issues. But there are also two teams that we'll talk about here in a second that could easily make trades to move ahead of you as well. So I think it would behoove the Kings to make that move. And then Phoenix Suns, I'm not sure what all assets they have, but they probably don't have very many if at all to make any kind of moves, but they do need a reliable defensive point guard that won't cost them a lot to either trade for or get from the buyout market. I've heard Dennis Schroeder's name's been out there with them. Another team that Tyrus Jones or DeLon Wright makes sense for um, probably could get them for not a whole lot of cost. It probably would cost them some sort of bench player, but they may just have to do that anyway. Um, But Suns, that's the one thing they really, really need to have. And I think their team I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to make a move. It might come through the buyout market, but we'll see. It feels like the Suns are finally realizing, like, hey, when we're on the floor, we're really good. But once one of our starting guys is on the floor, we really suffer. So they're gonna, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do something. Then we have the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, if I was a Pelicans fan, th- this, this team drives me crazy. You have way too much talent to be just in this mediocre spot. I mean, five, six, seven, so you're in, what, the seventh spot right now? Like, come on, you should, you should, you should be above the Suns, and you should probably be above the Kings with that talent. Now, the one thing that the Pelicans do need is Deontay Murray um, or Malcolm Brodden. They need a point guard who can come in there and command the offense. And keep the team in control and staying consistent. Because this team has times where you're like, they're just dominating. And there's other times where it's like they can't seem to figure out who does what on their team. And that's crazy for the amount of talent they have on this team. Um, but, again, somebody like making a big move for Murray Brogan would make a lot of sense. And maybe help them to not just be lacked at times. Not just give up or whatever it is they're doing, you know, but we'll see if they make a move. They should. They absolutely should. Another team that needs to make a move is Dallas Mavericks. um, And it's another team that Deontay Murray makes sense for. And I would even say like, if the Warriors are blowing it up, Clay Thompson would make sense to me here because of his propensity to play with stars. You know, um, he just seems to fit in well uh, with his role. Uh, But I doubt, I doubt Golden State would send him there, but uh, Jeremy Grant could would be that. Miles Bridges could be that. i basically a perimeter defense guy with some three-point ability or a really strong three-point guy with good solid defense ability and needs to be able to provide mental stability between Luka and Irving. So it's just kind of talking about that. Like, and what I mean by that is, like, you know, Luka and Irving both have been playing with each other throughout this year and are solid in what they're doing. And so this guy can't be coming in there and being disruptive and also needs to be able to handle mentality. Irving and Luca are not the best defenders at all by any means. And they need to be able to come in there and be a stabilizing force and not cause any issues. And I think that's kind of something the Mavericks. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a big deal, but, I think they're going to have to be particular about who that is. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if they make that move and who they might do. Then we move on to the Lakers, which we're going to run through quickly here because if you follow me, we don't really talk to the Lakers, and we're not going to talk to the Lakers that much. So suffice it to say that some of the same names we've been throwing out here, uh, Deontay Murray, Zach Levine, have been really tied to them. I think DeMar DeRozan, uh, basically another high-volume scorer who can stay on the floor, and they must be able to handle the – The, you know, LeBron James, uh, Antonio Davis dynamics and the pressures there and just be able to come in and be able to do what they do and, and, you know, fit well within that. Uh, Utah Jazz, probably best. This is a team kind of like the Bulls and the Wizards where probably best just to trade for draft picks, roster uh, isn't very clear. They got log jams that guard a big man. And so I think at this point, if you're the jazz, just sell off some older pieces, get some clarity on your roster going into the next year, uh, get younger, uh, get picks for guys like marketing and Clarkson, who surely other teams will be asking about and just go ahead and start moving in that direction. Get this thing sorted out starting this year, get assets, get things to clarify your roster. You know, you could start, working on it sort of like what, um, you know, the trailblazers and uh, Raptors are doing that kind of thing. So I think jazz also need to be in that spot and just, just, yes, you probably don't want to make playoffs then and whatnot, but don't, that's you're not even going to be competitive in them. So why worry about it? You know, just go ahead and get assets and things. And that brings us to the Houston Rockets and this, if you're a Houston Rockets fan, I think this is a team that's kind of, down there right but there i think you should be excited you've been rebuilding up your team it's a team that's been gathering assets younger players and now i think you need to make a big swing you need to go out there and get a jeremy grant uh or bojan bogdanovic to make the most sense there um or maybe even somebody like deandre hunter or some you know somebody that's uh good solid, somewhat veteran presence, uh, not an older veteran presence. Somebody can up to three point percentage, provide some playmaking scoring. And I think it's just time. I think it's time to make that move and push. I mean, you got to hope like somebody like the jazz are, um, on their way down, you know, Lakers aren't going to have AD and LeBron forever. Um, you know, Mavericks might be making a move, but if you're the Rockets and you can make a move, you could potentially jump every one of those teams. um, and then in a few years, you could probably put shells above the Suns and Pelicans as well. So, I mean, they could end up being one of the top five teams in the West if they make some moves sort of the right way. So I think you've got a lot to be excited here if you're a Rockets fan. It's, it's a great time to be excited. I think you want to push your team to try to make a move in this trade deadline, get the right guy to push that team even further. Uh, you don't want to give up super tons of assets. And one thing I should mention here is, speaking of assets, they did pick up Steven Adams and they did give up uh, a total of three second-round picks, two in 2024 and one in 2025. But that's not a big deal, um, you know, as far as what they're giving up. And I think it's, I think it's a good pickup. I don't know how, you know, healthy Steven Adams will be going forward, uh, but he can play sort of that backup big man to Sigun or even be on the floor at the same time. So that gives him some flexibility there without having to worry a ton about it. And then our next team here is the Warriors. All right. Now this guys, Warriors, this is probably one of the most talked about teams. I'm going to try to keep this a little short and sweet on the Warriors, but they need to figure out what they're going to do. It's, it's either time to blow this thing up and move people like Thompson and Looney and pretty much anybody other to me, other than Stephen Curry and Jonathan Kaminga. Um, but Then again, maybe they want to do the last ride kind of thing um, this year. You know, and at that point, I guess you push all the chips in, use what assets you got, try to get a guard like Deontay Murray who can play defense, and also provide off-bench minutes for Curry, Thompson, that kind of thing. Uh, I think you could still move Green and Looney, bring in somebody like Capella if possible. I don't know how many trade assets they have as far as draft picks and things to play with. Um, you know, but they've got to make decisions or just ride it out with what they got. Um, personally, I think they should, and I know it's hard to hear if you're Warriors fans, but I think they should blow it up. I don't think this group's going to get much of anywhere. Um, they might win a playoff series, but I just don't see it. They just don't seem to have it anymore uh, as a group. And that's kind of a sad thing to say, but you know, I think also that allows you opportunity to get some good assets. Uh, There's a lot of people that would love a Thompson that would, I don't know about Draymond Green, but could use Looney, could use, uh, you know, other players, Wiggins that they have on their team. um, And you can get some good, good things back for that. Now the most sad team, the most tragic team in the NBA this season has been the Memphis Grizzlies and their moves should be about the long term, not this season. And we've already seen them do the one, as we were talking about, on the Rockets, Steve, move Steven, Steven Adams to the Rockets for two 2024 second-round picks and 2025 uh, 2025 picks. So uh, Grizzlies get two 24 second-round picks and a 25 pick and send Steven Adams to the Rockets. So we've already seen them sort of do that. Now, the good thing for the Grizzlies has been that all these injuries, you know, the, what, six injuries they've had have allowed for the Grizzlies to play a lot of younger people. And they're seeing some of these guys be successful in uh, Williams Jr. Uh, and um, some of these other guys that have come up. And so that'll probably make them have a deeper bench and be able to figure, really figure out what they're going to be able to bring or who they should bring in for next season. Um but they really should have traded Adams in the offseason anyway, and they probably could have gotten a lower first-round pick or something for him or a better player back. But it is what it is, and they're moving off of that. They, should, they could potentially move off the tax bill next season. I think they still got a guy like Luke Kennard that they should probably move during this trade deadline, get another asset, not have a bill to be worried about as well, or, or play to resign, all that kind of thing. So we'll see what they do. It's all about 2024, the next season for them, and I'm kind of surprised that they've been as competitive as they have been. But um, you know, I think that team has a lot of grit and a lot of fight, and you know, these young guys have proved themselves, which has led to some wins sometimes. So, but they should move any any of the players that, that I mentioned, and any uh, not all old guys necessarily, but definitely like Tillman and Canard uh, should probably go. The next team is the Trailblazers, and they're pretty much all about accumulating talent. We've already been seeing them send off guys as well, Um, and so there's not a whole lot here to talk about because they've already sort of done this and are already in this mode of bringing in draft picks and bringing those kind of assets right now. Um, They might look at bringing in a younger upside talent, Um, but really it's just all about identifying how you want to build and get ready for the offseason with the Trailblazers, and everybody knows it. (laughs) The San Antonio Spurs are our last team in the Western Conference right now, and they have a plethora of draft picks. So not to say you you can't always use draft picks, but they don't necessarily need to accumulate that anymore. Uh, What they could do is... Send off some older players or even um, use some of their draft assets and things to gather up very young, aspiring, uh, potential type players uh, to keep adding to what they have. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made some sort of big move for some young guy um, or even bring back a guy like Deontay Murray. Um, I'm not saying they will, just wouldn't shock me. But I also could see them just staying pat um if anything they may move a guy off and uh you know accumulate something else but uh for now um i think if they could maybe look at getting some type of younger type veteran and by that i mean somewhere in the range of 25 to that 30 range and that could be a staple of them for them going forward i think they'd probably make that move so we'll see what the spurs do they're an exciting team with one obviously and uh don't be much better going in the next year, I think, as long as Popovich is the coach. And I expect that to happen. But that's our 32 teams. It's our NBA trade deadline. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And as always, you can get the Just Sports podcast on Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, Radio Public, RedCircle.com, and Spotify and you can always reach us at facebook.com i look for just sports with john and you can always make a comment there or let me know something you want me to talk about and we appreciate that feedback and as always go out and be the best sport that you can